there. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, May 10th, 2021. Hope all the mothers had a great weekend. He is Tristan Happy Cockroft, Kyle Soppy, producers and researchers, and I am merely Eric Carabell. Lots to do on today's show. Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. We will talk about yet another no-hitter. While you were listening to this, someone threw a no-hitter. That's how popular they are. Best pitcher in the land is hurt, including the best outfielder, center fielder. Pitchers to watch this week, closer carousel, trivia, hash browns. What a packed show, Tristan. How will we get it all in in the next 40 minutes? I don't know. We'll talk like the micro machine, man, right? (laughs) That's going way back for us at this point. Let's get to it. Um, Biggest story in fantasy baseball is probably Jacob DeGrom because he is a potential number one overall player, and he left his outing on Sunday a little bit prematurely. Um, So maybe he misses a start, maybe he doesn't, but I think we have to be a little bit concerned at this point for fantasy purposes that this might linger for a few months. That's a problem. Yeah, and we raised the question about his volume not being quite what it was on the last show. There are a couple other problems here just from a transaction standpoint, and that is that since he threw on Sunday, the Mets have five games with a Monday and Thursday off. He's not scheduled to make his next start until next Sunday anyway. So people have decisions to make for the lineup. And it's kind of crazy to say that, am I sitting Jacob deGrom for this week? Well, if you're in a league with weekly transactions and have the luxury, you need to do it. Because I, while, while he is supposedly going to avoid the injured list, the Mets have every reason to push him back into the rotation until Tuesday, the 18th. And they also have the incentive to just be, you know, take it as easy as they can on him, like a lot of other teams are doing right now. I mean, come on, the Braves just shuffled up their rotation, pushed everybody back. Everybody's doing it. I, I think at this point, 200 innings is probably going to be tough for Jacob deGrom, don't you think? I do. And I wonder, should is if you were drafting today, and I don't know who is, but like people love rankings and you update your rankings regularly. So do I and AJ Mass. Um, Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber, do you move DeGrom out of the top spot? Do you move him out of the top 10? I mean, it's it's not a, a big deal in the big picture, but it, are those guys more valuable from, than he, he is? If you've got Jacob DeGrom in a league, would you now trade him? That's what I be, should be saying for Bieber or Cole. Yeah, I would, um, because I think it is at this point indisputable that the two of them give you enough volume compared to DeGrom, or at least safety in that that it's worth making that move. It's not like you're giving up much of anything in terms of raw skills. And I'll move DeGrom to third in my starting pitching rankings. I won't move him down further than that. You can certainly justify it. I have actually talked to other people who play, you know, other diehard fantasy baseball fans. Some of them are panicked and they would move him down further than that. I don't happen to be one of those, but there is, you know, it's a worthy debate. It's it's a valid point to me that, that maybe he doesn't even belong in the top three. All right, so that's bad news. And then the number five player on the player radar right now, Byron Buxton of the Twins. I mean, DeGrom's number six, Buxton's number five. Buxton actually did hit the injured list. This is a hip strain, grade two, which is more serious than what we would like, which means he's probably out a month. Um, I mean, the window already closed to really sell high from a fantasy aspect for Buxton, didn't it? I mean, he's hitting 370 with nine home runs and five stolen bases. I mean, he he could have been the best player in fantasy, but nobody expected him to play in more than 130 games, and now he probably won't. Yeah, I certainly hope nobody assumed he would play that many. Um, Buxton's a tough guy for me to talk about because it just makes me feel uncomfortable because there's no purpose to injury victory laps. There isn't. Um This is just the nature of his game. And I'm more aggravated about the fact that, as you said, we've been, we've had 
a guy who's performing like the best player in fantasy baseball taken away from us and we don't get to watch him continue to perform at that level. That's frustrating. I mean, this is this is multi-week for sure. Not a shocking kind of thing. And I'm most bothered by the fact that after he comes back from injury, does he pick up where he left off? I can't say that I'm confident that he does because the history shows with him that he has these extreme highs and the extreme lows in terms of performance too. Some surprises on ESPN's player radar over the past seven days. Adolis Garcia of Texas, who I added in the league and then did not play over Tyler O'Neill. That was really smart, Eric. He had a great week, power, stole a base. He's a, he's a weird player. Like he strikes out. He's not a good base runner, but he's, he's going to end up being like eight for 16 on stolen bases. But it looks like a 25 homer guy uh, and he is available. He's, he's, he's being added in a lot of leagues, too. But Garcia is number one. Brandon Crawford, number three. I don't think I'd invest there. They are they are at cores this week. I think the Giants are, so maybe you should. Robbie Grossman of Detroit. They're, they're not, actually. They're in Pittsburgh. and No, they're they're hosting Texas and, and at Pittsburgh. They were just at cores. They were just at cores. Okay. Yeah. So somebody's at cores this week because I said San Diego and Cincinnati. All right. Yeah. All right. So it's Reds. Because I was doing my weekly moves before the show quickly mm-hmm. as possible because, you know, can't do it after, even though the same here, <laughs> same thought. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I sat Luis Castillo. I sat him in a league. He's at Coors and he's been yeah. pitching. He got lit up by Pittsburgh. Yep. How, how could it go well at Coors? Yep. Um, not that I would trade him or drop him, but I think I benched him for, I don't know. It might've even been like Stefan Crichton just to get him out of the lineup. Yep. And it's I one start and cores, as you said, and uh, look, I mean, he's a fastball changeup guy where you wouldn't expect the cores environment to affect him. But when those pitches and especially the fastball aren't performing at their top level, why risk it? He's not going deep in this game. The changeup guy who's not getting his changeup over the plate. Um, anyway, your, your opinion on Adolis Garcia, top 50 outfielder at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I- I'll buy there. I, I, He's an odd player. It's the it's kind of the, the the first guy that comes to mind is his own outfield maiden. That's David Dahl. He's he's following the David Dahl path to success. That it's a lot of K's, not much patience, but he's got some power speed combo. The speed's better than people think it is, and and the underlying metrics support it. And he's going to play, and he's going to hit in a premium lineup spot. So why not on a rebuilding team? Yeah, I see your comp there, but I'm trying to think of a right-handed power hitter with no plate discipline mm-hmm. who like yeah. He almost reminds me, this is going to sound weird, but Puig, because he gets caught stealing. He's got natural slugging power, but you don't know from at bat to at bat or game to game, whether he's going to like strike out four times or hit two home runs. So I, I got a Puig vibe. Yes, he'll Puig vibe off of him from watching him this past week, hit all these home runs and then just mm-hmm. run and do crazy things. Like yep. that's the vibe that I was getting. I know that sounds a little bit odd, but that's what I see. Um, but that, that's a guy you need to roster. He's up to 70% rostered in ESPN leagues. Um, getting to some more names here that people might not be thinking about. Oh, so Atlanta's pitcher on, on Sunday night in the big win. Nice, 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 nice job, Phillies. Huascar Inoa. Um, not only does, does he have great power, but he looks legit. Every outing looks legit. He strikes people out. Um, how yep. good is he right now? I mean, you need Adam in fantasy, but are we talking about a must add, a top 50 starting pitcher? This is a 2.23 ERA. 44 Ks and 40 and a third innings. Um, forget that he's four and one. I mean, Atlanta's going to score him runs, but every outing is a good one, except for one this season. He's made seven starts. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to think, like, why would I not rank him well? And I'm looking at the numbers and I can't see any reason. Can you? 
Yeah, so he's got his four-game hitting streak. He's got a grand slam just hitting up a storm. You totally have to add him for all of those reasons, don't I mean, you? There's bad if stuff going on. <laughs> no, I know. I, I'm I'm, ki- I'm kidding around a little bit that this is the guy that brings people back to that discussion of, can I get credit for the pitcher hitting stats when they're good? Sure, you want to. He's pitching great. Um, the only metric-related thing that bugged me is that he does largely rely primarily on two pitches. He, he's His secondary pitches he uses beneath 10%. So I do think hitters will adjust at some point a little bit, and then the the ratios will regress. But the way he's throwing right now and the way he's making those two work, you've got to have him in. And we said this on a previous show. You've got to you know do the whole orange juicing thing because the numbers are great right now. He's delivering quality start after quality start, and I don't expect that to change. Uh, all right, I guess we got to get to the no-hitters. Wade Miley of the Reds threw one, and I can't think of anybody more average, but he has a two – a 2.00 ERA and a 0.75 whip and which is great after six starts the hit rate is so low like 19 hits in 36 innings is impossible for me to believe with a guy like this mm-hmm. and last year was terrible but he did have a decent season in 2018 and in 2019 so uh, it's just because he threw a no hitter if it was a two hit shutout we wouldn't even be talking about him but do you have any interest in Wade Miley no He's a matchups guy. I might uh, bite when when the matchups call. I actually think this illustrates more of the uh, the benefits of the low end matchups for pitchers this year than I think I've seen in a long time. And we talk a lot about the weak offenses and who to exploit for pitchers. The ones that are at the bottom are pretty darn awful. Um, we, we'll probably gloss over Colin Moran falling onto the injured list for the Pirates, but I threw that in there for the forecaster. The Pirates against right-handed pitchers are awful that is going to be one of the ones detroit overall both sides any situation they have k's two in this on the offensive side they are a an unbelievable matchup for an opposing pitcher cleveland we've seen no hit twice they stand out i think it's more beneficial to talk a lot about those teams miami seattle falls under there. baltimore in a couple of instances if milwaukee has certain guys in the lineup they can be the ones that give you top grade pitching performances lean matchup here it's not wade miley it's matchup don't you think I do, except didn't Luis Castillo get hammered by Cleveland the next day? So I, I think we we can get a little bit, um, a little bit silly when it comes to matchups sometimes. But I mean, it's like, not a blanket. Joe statement. Musgrove got pounded by Pittsburgh after his no hitter. So it's like it's, it's not a blanket statement. But yeah, it is. It, when we're talking matchups, it's not a blanket statement that you start every 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 guy out there against those teams. That's not what we're at. I mean, you're you're, you're discussing what Miley did in this situation. He had everything working. And when a pitcher has everything working against these particular teams, great things can happen. Castillo didn't. I I made a bold prediction. I don't remember where it was. It might have been Mark Simon's thing or something at ESPN where I said there were going to be double-digit no-hitters this season. There's already been really five. Uh, they're only counting four. But You did what, a no-hitter prediction for him? Um, I said there would be double-digit no-hitters somewhere. I can't remember where. You and I might have done the same topic for Mark's uh, prediction game. I predicted there would be three no-hitters, but none would be individual. You three. I had like 13. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but we went in the same. What I, is, we, but what does this mean for fantasy? I mean, obviously, when we talk about, I mean, Wade Miley, I mean, everybody's throwing a no here. Wait, not everybody. I mean, Carlton and Seaver never did, but Bud Smith did. So it doesn't mean much to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just it's just, just one game, you know? Um, so, you know, you're trying to figure out what is this guy going to do forward? I mean, you don't want Wade Miley in a mixed league. 
Um, but Carlos Rodon, you do. So, like, how do you know? Joe Musgrove has been pretty average since that yes. no-hitter. Yes. And I'm pretty disappointed in him. And I actually moved Rodon ahead of Musgrove. And they're they're only in common because of the no-hitters. But, I mean, Musgrove looks really kind of average right now. He's gone 5-5 five, five, and three innings in his past three outings. Two against the Giants. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the key takeaway to the individuals throwing the no-hitters is volume. The nice part about a no-hitter or the quest for it is that managers managers are keeping those pitchers in enough to give you the volume. And if they get this thing complete, I know from my points leagues, I'm loving the point totals that I'm getting because I'm not getting that from other guys. They are going six innings. They are not going potentially nine. It also has the impact, as you mentioned, with Musgrove as to does that influence them over the next couple of starts? And the difference between Musgrove and Rodon, for example, is that Rodon's volume isn't anywhere close to Musgrove's. Rodon is in the Jacob deGrom class where they are managing him very carefully. He is not putting up the number of innings or batter's face that you would have expected. Kind of like that, but it's also hurting you in fantasy. So a no-hitter basically just changes value of a player for trade purposes or free agent purposes. If Wade Miley had given up a hit in the first inning, he would have gone only six innings in that game and they would have pulled him. That's yeah. the thing. If you have a no hitter, you get to go over hundred pitches. If you don't have a no hitter, you're out after six or seven. That's how managers manage every game now. Mm-hmm. So it Rodon, Musgrove, Bumgarner, it just changed their value. And that gives you an opportunity in fantasy. Like nobody's trading Wade Miley for anything good. But if you had traded Rodon for something good, you might regret it now. Because he actually looks like a top 20 fantasy starting pitcher. I'm going to have a hard time keeping Carlos Rodon out of my top 20 starting pitchers. Aren't you? I mean, how much more do we need to see, yeah. man? I I mean, yeah. I understand volume and all that. But yeah. like like Jose Barrios versus Carlos Rodon. How am I going to keep Rodon out of the top 20? Blake Snell, already way out of my top 20. Kyle Hendricks, uh-huh. way out. But uh-huh. Granke's out. Uh-huh. How is Rodon not in? Like, I have to do it. Yeah, that's a fair question. And the and the the best case to make against it is that he has no chance at 200 innings. But I don't think that's a, a terrible thing. Not for a big him. deal. All right. I, by the way, I, I, I just the, the what it, it strikes me is just that it's the reminder that if you get that perfect alignment of matchup and pitcher throwing well, great things can happen. And the, and I look at the forecaster grid I have there and I think Detroit, a great matchup. I, I mean, is it going to be shocking if Brady Singer throws a no hitter Tuesday night? Not at all. I'm not I'm not shocked whenever anybody has a no hitter through six innings. I think we're gonna see like three or four a month this season. Yeah. I really do. Because the bad is really bad, and when the right pitcher meets it, it's it's Nobody pretty gets singles. Nobody's yeah. hitting singles any. There's no Pete Roses out there. Yeah. So you know, and then the next time out, they're gonna Musgrove gives up two homers every out yeah. because it's home runs, strikeouts, walks. That's it. Nobody hits singles. All right. Uh, comma mill time. These players are making moves over the weekend and making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn jobs to build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. Sing it, Tristan. Combo combo. It's a combo meal home run plus steal. This is not one of my better of the drops. I think I got to practice that one. You get, you get the practice twice a week. Yeah, I know. As long as they let us eventually, I'll get it eventually. Here are the interesting crew of combo meal options for the week. Austin Slater of the giants who's kind of a platoony outfielder on Saturday, Jeff McNeil rats, Adolis Garcia of Texas and Kai Tom, the well-traveled Hawaiian outfielder, I believe, is now in Pittsburgh playing center fielder. I don't even know what to say about the Mets. I don't. Like, what do you do? I don't know. Exactly possum, what man. I'm telling you. Possum. Play possum Come on. this story. Um, <laughs> Jeff McNeil, by the way, I don't think he has a multi-hit game the entire season. He may have had one this weekend, but 
not the start for Jeff McNeil or Dominic Smith. I wrote a little bit about Dominic Smith in my Jared Walsh epic piece today, saying that Dom Smith is going to hit and and re reestablishing my Jared Walsh is Matt Olson vibe. Um, and then uh, Garcia, of course, Kai Tom. Uh, you, you, you can't, I can't make a case for him in fan in an NL only. I had a shot at him in an NL only. Maybe it was labor, and I just I just said no because like I'm going to get an injured player back in a week or two. It's like what am I going to do? You know with I don't know. I, I, I have felt like not wasting money in my NL only because all half my offense is injured, but they're all coming back. Like within, I hopefully Colin Moran comes back. Cause that's a big loss. I can't win anyway, as long as Kyle Hendricks and Zach Davies and Patrick Corbin do what they're doing. So um, by the way, would you activate Tyler Anderson? Who's a $0 bench guy in labor, but mm-hmm. you'd have to drop Lucas Sims. Would you do that? Tyler Anderson, every outing is a good one. And literally every outing. And I'm dead last in the mm-hmm. and whip. Yeah. I. How do I drop Lucas Sims? He's my worst yeah. pitcher. You wouldn't drop Zach Davies or Kyle Hendricks. So. No. no. I could, have... I, I'm just not a big Tyler Anderson guy. I see your point about that. He, yeah. But if, we, if he's still doing this in June, Tristan, like, what are we going to. Yeah. Tyler Anderson's going to end the year with a 350 ERA if he keeps doing this. Yeah. And you know what's maddening about it is that he'll put up two great months. Or, well, not great. You know what I mean? Two very, very useful months, especially in that league format. And then his awful stats will come in the final two months when you have him active. How many times have we seen that? I feel like with him, we've seen it a lot. <laughs> we've seen it with a lot of guys like that over the years. Now, great. Well, a lot of that happened in Colorado, and he's in the polar opposite ballpark situation now in Pittsburgh. Home game against San Francisco. I, I That's a tough call. That's my I, point. I need to lose Sims. I, would. I mean, there's another guy in the league who keeps emailing everybody. He's going to dump one of these decent relievers. And I'm thinking, well, if, if Lucas Sims ends the year with five saves, then I might as well dump him and get you know, mm-hmm. decent innings out of Tyler Anderson. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I have six hours to make the decision. Nobody's, I'm not, I'm not even going to offer Lucas Sims in a trade. That's ridiculous. The point is Tyler Anderson is pitching well, and I'm not getting any of his numbers. Yeah. I keep using Zach. You can't, I can't drop Zach Davies in that league. Now, if it's a normal league, an ESPN standard league, yeah, I dropped Zach Davies a month ago. Yeah. But you can't do it in an only with no bench. Um, this Look, a lot of people feel this way. It's just you're going to get only the bad starts in. It's like a curse. <laughs> all the you, good you ones are going to happen. I know, and the minute you make that change, yep. Tyler Anderson is going to turn into a pumpkin. You know that. <laughs> By the way, Kyle Hendricks last night, yesterday against Pittsburgh, I don't know if you got to see it. There wasn't a hard hit ball hit when he gave up those five runs or four runs. Or It was Pittsburgh. Like, I'm shocked. Not a hard ball hit. I'm amazed. They didn't hit anything hard. They hit a grounder here, a grounder there. Then uh, their center fielder, Mariznick, pulled his hammy on a, a pop-up. It's like Kyle Hendricks couldn't get a break. I, I really think now is the time to invest in Kyle Hendricks. I do. I know that sounds crazy. Um, I don't know if you saw Nate Pearson's first outing, but five walks and nary a strikeout. Yeah. That's not good. Nope. And – uh, 36 of his 64 pitches were balls. That, that's that's awful, man. Uh, I, I liked them last season. I thought there was something there. But now I don't even want to go there. I don't know about yeah. you. He was, well, I was going to write up a pickup Nate Pearson, and then he got pushed into the rotation. I, I'll admit, I was a little surprised that they activated him for that start. I thought they were going to keep him in the minors for a few more outings to work up his pitch count and be certain it was time. So I'm, I'm going to give him a little of the benefit of the doubt long term, but the best you've got is in the leagues where you've got lots of extra bench space, you're stashing him. He has no business being in your lineup right now, nowhere close to it. If you have one bench spot, though, aren't you stashing Mackenzie Gore over Nate Pearson? Yeah. Even if you need innings this year? Yeah. I, I am too. And we'll probably talk about more. So the minor leagues just started last week. I wrote about, I don't remember what I wrote about. 
Oh, I wrote about Boston's top of the lineup, Duran and uh, Jeter at second base. Uh, and then Chavis got recalled. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of his – oh, like so Kelnick is ready. I mean, every game it's two hits. He's not working on his defense in the minors. I don't know. I mean, I know what they're waiting for, but, like, it's over now. They can recall him. Taylor Trammell can't hit. So I, I, if Kelnick's still available in your league, go get him, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then Wander Franco, too. Like, Tampa Bay is not going to wait long. Wander Franco is getting called up this month. I'm telling you. He this should. Month. He he should. I'm, and you and I. I mean, they got nothing going no, on. Yeah. Short and third. They've got to call him. There's no way we're done. By the way, the one that that nobody's talking. I mean, everybody talks about Franco and and Kelnick. Logan Gilbert also is one who should and potentially will be called up. The Mariners' rotation with the injury problems they've had this year and the desire to stick with a six-man rotation, even through this, don't we have to see him sooner than later? I don't think they're a contender though. So I think they, they view things a little bit differently. Like Mackenzie Gore, San Diego can't mess around. If Lamette goes two innings, every outing, they've got to bring up Gore. I think it's different with Seattle. You know, they can afford to be a little bit paid. Like it's different. Cabrian Hayes. I don't know if his wrist is really in bad shape or not, but they can afford to be patient and just dump Todd Frazier or Evans there. Like they, they don't have to do that. But mm-hmm. like the twins with Kirilov, soon as he's healthy, he's up. So it depends if you're a contending team or not. Boston's going to call up Jeter Downs. I think mm-hmm. this month to play second base. They don't have a second yep. baseman, mm-hmm. you know, Enrique Hernandez went on the DL, but he shouldn't have been leading off in the, Jeter Downs literally could lead off for Boston right now and have a 340 on base. <laughs> I really believe Christian that. Arroyo did just the other day. I agree with you. Downs is Downs. I mean, it was a weaker position on the lower tiers, but Downs was in my top 50 second baseman at the beginning of the year on the idea that he would see time in Boston. Absolutely. I agree with you on that one. I, yeah, I just, I unless you were volunteering to pitch for the Mariners right now, they just don't have enough options to go six deep. That's that's my Gilbert thinking right now. <laughs> All right, well let's uh, let's get to your thinking here on the closer carousel. Sing it, baby. It's the closer carousel. All right, what is happening in the closer world since our last show? Let's see. What's the most interesting thing? Um, is it Kimbrel? Are you liking them? Are you not? Uh, I don't know if that's a big deal right now. Um, it's kind of a very, very predictable situation. There's just nobody behind him, and he's been effective enough to keep the job. I think that that's a locked in. He's pitched but well. He has pitched well. The change options came in the American League East. All right. So in the American League East, Toronto has to go with Jordan Romano now. But I, I look, I said this last show, Tyler Chatwood's going to get a chance. He, he really is. And we joke about him with Kyle and you, and you, you're very you know dismissive. But – how do they not like if Jordan Romano hurts his hamstring tonight, Tyler Chadwood's next in line, Tristan. He actually is. Yeah. By any measure, I'm, right? We look at it. I'm not is he might not be actually next in line. Travis Bergen's pitched pretty well. Now, granted, Travis Bergen is almost literally a one pitch pitcher, also forcing fastball and it's not a velocity pitch. So it's Kind of a mirage. Saying, like we I, joke I see a lot, point. but there there could be an actual fantasy discussion here about Tyler Chowdhury, which I would see, be amazing after the past couple of years. And the God. point, and the, and you're dead on on this one. The Blue Jays bullpen is the Mariners' rotation when it comes to injuries. And there's, I, I thought about this before the show. I knew Chat would would come up. I'm on board with you that he might get a chance. That he actually is next in line, and he might be the guy right now, or the guy most deserving of the job today. But like, do you stash? I mean. I, I can't stash the sixth, seventh guy at the beginning of spring training, just hoping that injuries paved the way not. for that player. But like the difference here is nobody was adding Justice Sheffield or Dunn or Seattle starting pitchers. We've all added Toronto's relief pitchers constantly. 
Mer- Merriweather, yeah, Elise, and Iran. I, know. I mean, it never ends. So, like, yeah, it's just like if if Kendall Graveman is is going to become a fantasy superstar closer, Tyler Chadwick doing it wouldn't be crazy to me. That's all I'm saying. But, um, but it's not the same skills tweak. Not the same. Tweet. He's not throwing a hundred, but yeah. Um, but I see your point. It's I see your point. I just you know, like you remember, I said I'll take the under on the four and a half saves. I can't now just because of the numbers game. Of course you can't. They've lost the other, like thirty players. I don't know what the other ALEs team you're referring to is, unless it's oh, uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Who I Castillo though they they expect in fact, Diego Castillo come off come off the injury list this weekend. So yeah. you want to add Kittredge, go ahead. But or Springs, but I I think Castillo mm-hmm. gets the job as soon. And Pete Fairbanks, I'm not sure about. So mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I'm sure Hector Neris is blowing is is losing the closer role at some point. He is so it's so predictable. Whenever he comes into a game, I have to turn the channel. And I'm a Phillies fan. And a right. Neris, I can't believe I invested him in a league where I can't get no. I I could I couldn't even try to try to trade Hector Neris right now in that league. I, I'm mad at myself because I knew Melanson would close. I told you that in March, and then I still drafted Neris over Melanson, and I was right. Neris is still the closer, but he's a bad closer. Melanson's mm-hmm. the guy. Um, who's taking, Diaz, I wasn't who's aware of the Phillies job though. Well, Alvarado, but he'll walk people. So mm-hmm. he'll lose it again. Um, I think Sam Coonrod's going to be their closer at some point soon. He's thrown a hundred, which is what they want. It was just what normal, you know, air quote managers mm-hmm. want out of a closer. He's pitched yeah. well, he's filled in like the Phillies manager is so bad right now. And I understand you all love Joe Girardi. Watch the Phillies for a week and tell me if you love Joe Girardi with his double switches and his ridiculous Oh my God, he's doing such a terrible job. Sam Coonrod is going to fall into saves because Alvarado uh, will walk people, Nairn yeah. will give up home runs, and it's going to have to be Sam Coonrod. And, you know, Coonrod could be fine. Honestly, he's throwing strikes right now. He's throwing 100. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's my Phillies rant of the day. There's always one. <laughs> I like um, it. Are there any other closer situations we're talking? I mean, Emmanuel Clause, I'm not worried about. He lost the Miley game by giving up three. It's one. Yeah, it's one game there. And I mean, that's. The only reason that's a discussion is because of how good James Karinchak has been yeah. behind him. The the other bullpen that that's just a little in flux, co closership potentially in Oakland. I think they're both closers. I think Jake Diekman and Lou Trevino are both getting mm-hmm. eighteen saves plus saves. I actually, I can see it. Yep. So I, and I don't see anybody else uh, pushing their way in unless there's an injury. Um, by the way, we mentioned Lucas Sims. I don't know what Cincinnati is doing with it. They never get save chances. Isn't it weird? Like some mm-hmm. teams just never get the chance to save games. Yep. Um, Anyway, uh, briefly, let's take a look at pitchers to watch uh, for the next couple of days here and see what's going on. And my computer froze Monday, but I believe Alex Cobb and Luis Garcia are, are hooking Cobb, up. But Cobb, Cobb on the injured list, so yeah, I don't know who's listen. starting that game now. Yeah, um, they are. Uh, they're they're probably going bullpen game. They just called up uh, Jose Suarez. Yeah, I knew it wasn't Cobb. But um, what are you doing with Luis Garcia here? Now the Angels are very top heavy lineup, and they're missing mm-hmm. Rendon still. And Garcia is not going deep into games for Houston, but he is missing a lot of bats. So there's yeah. something. I, I, is he a DFS option for you today against the Angels? Because he's only facing no. the top of that lineup twice. He's going five innings. That's it. Yeah, that's the problem. The fact that I'm confident, I'm with you that he goes five-ish innings in a in a better case scenario. These are no. It's just not enough volume in DFS. I need I need the chance of getting into the seventh. Al Gibson and Alex Wood. You know that's a most yeah. added list. You know you know tandem there. I choose Alex Wood, although I don't think he's making more than 20 starts because he gets hurt a lot. I just can't see Kyle Gibson and his ground ball ways continuing. Now, this is a good ballpark for it to continue at San Francisco. Who would you rather roster today, Gibson or Wood? For today, I would rather have Alex Wood. I like the match. The future, you like Gibson. 
Absolutely. Okay. But that's yeah. that's entirely uh, Alex Wood will miss time. He's going to miss time from this point forward at some point. All right. Um, Tuesday, it looks like, oh, Jordan Montgomery of the Yankees and Ryan Yarbrough of the Rays is on ESPN. What do you think of Jordan Montgomery? Because there, there's, some, there's something there. Yeah. But he seems I, – I watch him pitch and, you know, I need to see him go deeper into games. That's one thing. Um, I think mm-hmm. he could be a strikeout pitcher. Like you're thinking of like a lefty who can strike people out. And sometimes I watch him and I see Manaya, but I don't know. Do you? I kind of like that copy through Manaya. He feels like that when I watch him, but I know he can miss bats at a greater rate than Sean Manaya can. I think the true talent is a step ahead of that, but we haven't seen it. And you're right that it needs to come. He does have the opportunity here in what's a light part of the Yankee schedule. Tampa, by the way, I didn't mention that in the matchups. Tampa, by the forecaster grades, is supposed to be a real plus matchup, and it's in the right ballpark in Tampa. Tropicana Field leading very pitcher-friendly. So I like that. And I mentioned him as a two-start value. He's got at Baltimore for the second outing. Uh, looks like John Means is at his first outing since the no-hitter. He's at the Mets and Marcus Stroman. Um, all right. Who do you like better rest of the season, Means or Stroman? That's a really good question. I I probably like Means a little better. I think the raw stuff... I've seen enough in the metrics uh, hinting at the raw stuff that that I prefer him. But that's close. That's a good question. I mean, I think it's means. And I think at some point soon, we're going to have to have the means means of the top 25 fantasy starting pitcher discussion. He's getting away with what he's not Tyler Anderson, but he's also not Carlos Rodon. I'm thinking of lefties here. He's not a hard thrower, but he's he's not. He's, he hasn't been lucky. John means has not been lucky so far. Anyway, I'm he's. The, the metrics say he's been the metrics say he's been and he also is getting a lot of called strikes a, a, an unusually large number it could continue but you, you you can't lock in at a top 25 level yet can you i don't think yet i think rodon's closer to locking that in than means is but um like you asked me means or like max freed i'm i'm with means now i'm i'm, I'm on john means's okay. bandwagon Okay. Uh, Brady Singer is going to throw a no hitter at Detroit on Tuesday against Matthew, or or Matthew Boyd will throw it against the Royals. <laughs> right, I know. We're, we're, are we? Is this the jinx? Is this how we jinx the players before no, the I, game even starts? I think now we have to on every show say who's throwing the next no hitter because that's Actually, that's really a really good it, idea. We pick the guy most likely to throw the no hitter for the day. Pablo Lopez at Arizona is throwing a no hitter against Madison Bumgarner, who just oh, threw a no hitter but didn't get credit for a no hitter. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, like it's crazy uh, these no hitters. But like, what do you expect? Baseball, you change the baseball. Nobody can hit singles. That's what's going to happen. Um, yep. Wednesday is a pretty big day in the sports world, but maybe not so much in baseball. Check out ESPN for the NFL schedule release, or is it ESPN mm-hmm. two? It's somewhere on ESPN's network, and it's a really, really big deal to see who your football team is playing, and an even bigger deal than watching Zach Wheeler at Washington or Andrew Heaney at Houston. By the way, Andrew <laughs> Heaney is pitching pretty well. I, I yes. just, I'm not really in, in jest here because I know that an NFL scheduled show on TV is going get, to get higher ratings than any baseball game. But, and I'll even check it out a little bit to see who the Eagles are losing to in week one. Uh, are you interested in Andrew Heaney? Uh, no more than two earned runs in three of his past four. Um, Heaney's like Manaya and, and me. You know, it's like I'm watching these lefties and they, I feel like with lefties it's different. You know, you get a right-hander, you can kind of predict their strikeout percentage. With a lefty, on all his off-speed stuff, it's a little bit different. And Andrew Heaney, I don't 100% trust him, but I feel like we could get a 410 ERA, which could be helpful in some leagues. Mm -hmm. And he'll get the Ks. Forecaster grades love him. 
I and that continues to pique my interest. Every time I go back to my rankings, I get down to about 40 at the starting pitchers, and, and Andrew Heaney is right there with that group saying, please, please rank me more generously. And I'm tempted to do it. I, I do think he has the stuff to get into that tier and be locked in, but I don't know. Maybe it's the injury, the past injury history he had. Matt I'm a little Harvey. hesitant. I'm with you. Matt Harvey at the Mets on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. That is must-see TV. Yeah. I mean, the schedule's not till nighttime, so you can do both. You can watch yep. the Matt Harvey against the Mets in the revenge game. Yep. Give me Matt Harvey's line. I know we shouldn't be discussing Matt Harvey on a fantasy <laughs> Just like I'm going to say four innings, four earned runs, or a no-hitter. <laughs> I, I think this is going to be one of those games where Matt Harvey dominates the Mets for a time through the lineup, and at the end – he doesn't make it through the fifth. It's four and two-thirds innings, gives up two runs, all that came in that fifth inning. Probably the bullpen would have let it up. It's going to be one of those night and day games. It's like three great and then a messy fifth. Exactly. I'm thinking this at three good innings, and then yep. the fourth, he gives up a three-run homer to Dom Smith. And that's, yeah. that's how and the announcers will spend three three innings talking about, wow, Matt Harvey, it's like the Mets version of him. No, the Mets The Mets announcers are like the best in baseball. They are. Fantastic. I know. You know what I mean, though. Everybody, I like yeah. the Mets. I, I Mets announcers I versus the Phillies announcers, it's no contest. You know, I love the Mets announcers. I really do. All right. By the way, like- my, my the, the high-end no-hitter guy for the game is his opponent. For me, for that day, Taiwan Walker. Yeah, if somebody's gonna throw a no hitter out of nowhere that day, that's the one I'd pick. I don't know, man. He's got to go up against Michael Franco and Freddie Galvis. That's a tough left side of the infield there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, I'm done. I'm out of words. Kyle, come in and do trivia and hash browns, please. <laughs> I got you guys covered. We've got trivia. There are 104 players so far with at least 10 extra base hits on the season, but only one has more extra base. Hits than strikeouts. I want you to name them for me after we get to hash browns, which starts with Dylan. At what point do I consider dropping Luis Castillo in a 12 teamer? Notable other options include Gibson and Bumgarner. Well, after he f- f- pitches at Coors this week, he's got the Giants and Washington at home. I've got to assume that since Castillo knows what's wrong, okay, as opposed to like Kyle Hendricks that he's going to figure this out and he has enough of a track record for strikeouts and run prevention that I'm going to keep him, especially over Bumgarner and Kyle Gibson. But you love Gibson. Would you make that change? Yeah, I don't love him that much. I I would question if you were dropping Castillo. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I get it. I, I get the source of the question. And, and these are the decisions that often do decide fantasy leagues. And the downside is that when you make a move like this and it blows up in your face, it it blows up in your face too. <laughs> I think, look, yeah. I, I, I have a league with Corbin, Davies, and Kyle Hendricks, an important league, an expert league, and I'm keeping all three around. Dropping one does no good. They have to all three turn around their ERA and whip for me to contend in that league. Yeah, And I think they all can do it. Corbin yeah. maybe the least. But the point is, the easiest way to turn around an ERA and whip is to have the bad pitchers, who are good pitchers actually, turn mm-hmm. it around themselves yeah and dropping castillo for kyle gibson whose era is only going to go up you mm-hmm. even admit that yes is not the right move yeah without a doubt it. gibson's hit, past history suggests you cannot be i mean this is not the lance lynn breakthrough no. he didn't make tweaks to that level so while i'm on board with gibson having improved things a little bit it's not to that level bum garner the velocity's back where it was about four or five years ago i get that but it's still an extremely favorable chunk of his schedule that he's taking advantage of i need to see it against a tough matchup before i'm getting on board at, at the drop castillo level we might be terribly wrong here but i'd say in 
you know, not nine. Well, maybe maybe eight I'm times out of ten. Month. Totally right. I'm if we're having this discussion that, you know, in a month and that's different, but I'm waiting. But neither. That's the thing. Neither of those two guys will be there and it's going to be lower. Level I'm OK play. with that. I'm OK with that. I'm, if you know of Atlanta's out there or John means it's different a little bit, but I'm not I'm not. I, I right. can't drop Castillo at all. I'm yeah. not doing it. Yeah. OK, forget dropping Castillo. If you had to pick Gibson or Bumgarner the rest of the way, who you got? I I he's taking Gibson and so am I. I hear taking Gibson there, of course. Right. You're not taking Bumgarner over. Kyle, you said lock them in. Rest of the way, every start, Gibson, Bumgarner. Gibson. Gibson. It's got to be Gibson. Yeah. But um, I'm not saying I I don't have either ranked in my top 50. So let's make, okay. I, let, yeah, me, let me make that clear. Yeah, okay. neither do I. Fair enough. Preston wants to keep uh, the Cincinnati train rolling here. Which underperforming red are you more likely to buy low in? Castillo or Suarez? So we've talked enough about mm. the pitcher. Suarez is dead last in the majors in BABIP. Um, he also had to play shortstop, which in his case may have actually affected him at the plate, but he was really bad last year too. And I'm starting to see some carryover with some of these guys. Like I wrote a little bit about the polar bear and the fact that he's doing what he did in 2020 right now. Pete Alonso is what he is in 2020, not 19. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Suarez looks like the 2020 version right now. Look at that strikeout rate. That's mm -hmm. unbelievable. How can I have a 36% K rate? Mm-hmm. He is not the guy he was in 2019, whether it's injury yeah. or whatever. This is not because he's playing shortstop. Something's wrong with Eugenio Suarez. I think I might drop him if a, if a good play – like I'm not dropping him for Paven Smith. But would you drop him for Adolis Garcia? I think you can make that case right now after five weeks of action that Suarez is such a mess that, yeah, I might I – I don't think I would yet. Yeah. Boy. But it's it's worth the discussion. I, I see where you're going. You, but, but I gotta I gotta defend him for a second here. That he was not really bad last year. He was really changed last year, and and he well, sacrificed. He hit 15 home runs. He 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 sold out for power. Right. That's and that's exactly it. He's gone full uppercut, and he's sacrificed so much of the other goodness that you get in fantasy in his game. That's all he's giving you now is that power. Exactly. He's swinging but for the like, fence. He had a two fourteen BABIP last year, and when I looked further into it, he deserved it because of the way yeah. he had changed his approach. Yes. Which means to me, his one fifty six current BABIP is not that far off. He's not going to end up with his career mark of a three hundred five BABIP because he's changed what he's doing. Yes. You know, whereas like Hunter Dozier has not. So his unlucky Babbitt will change. Suarez will not. If you ask me what Suarez ends up at or what he does rest of the year, I don't think he's hitting 250 the rest right. of the season. The the Babbitt discussion to me is a non-starter unless you bring in things like StatCast expe yes, expected batting average. And and I know yeah, you and I both are, are dead on this, but we'll have listeners who go back to the Babbitt discussions of five years ago. His expected Babbitt went 275, 243, 216, and this year it is 166. And he tells you a lot it. about the change. You're dead on. The other thing that bothers me is the hard contact he had when he was making those upper, uppercuts last year are not there this season. It's below 30%. He's actually one of the trailers in that category. That is a terrible sign. Yeah, it's a bad sign. And um, I don't think, I don't know if I drop him right now for Dolores Garcia, but I'm getting really close to doing mm -hmm. that. So I could see anyway. that. Yep. Anyway, it's a shame. He's out of my top hundred. All right. What's next? Joe plays in an eight team league. He wants to know how long he's got to be patient with Chris Paddock. In an eight team league. I'm not sure I'm patient with anybody. Cause yeah. I'm, cause free agency is so buoyant. Right. I mean, yep. like, I don't know, I'm sure that's the right word, but like, why would you mess around with Chris Paddock 
when you could, I mean, I know of Atlanta has to be available there. John Means is probably available. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean look at the most odd, odd drop list for pitchers. And an eight-team league is really shallow, is I guess the point I'm trying to make. There's nothing wrong with being in an eight-team league. But if, like, the way, I hate to do this, but the way former Phillies Cole Irvin and Nick Pavetta are pitching in an eight-team league, I would just stream it. Right. And dump Paddock. And then when Irvin and Pavetta change, then go find the next guy. That's what I would do. Wouldn't you? Yeah. And I'm in a six team league this year for the first time ever. I've never played in, I don't think I've ever played in a, a six team league. It's the family league that I'm in. Oh, okay. So, so I'm getting the perspective of what you do with your pitching staff and you're, you're spot on here that it's, it's very much a streaming situation. You have the group of pitchers who are the locked in each and every start guys and you stream absolutely every other pitching spot. Well, you dumped Luis Castillo in an eighteen or yeah. sixteen league. Yeah, by the because, way, let, because he's not a locked-in starter right now. Let your son win the league, Tristan. It'll go a long way. Or your wife. Or both. my son's not a big baseball fan. He's actually not in it. It's uh, it's cousins and things like that. All right, then you should win. <laughs> Dominate <laughs> them all. Kill them all and and leave no prisoners. And... Oh no, they're not going to like hearing you say that. <laughs> Do they even know you have a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The one who started the league knows. Yep. <laughs> well, it could be a nice show of good faith to let them win. Now, the worst possible. Oh, no, I've is, got I've got to crush them. You know how that happens. You finish in <laughs> fifth place and you're trying to win. That's a bad sign that maybe we should yeah. place you on that the maybe show. He should, yeah, maybe maybe the cousin. He wins. He, he gets to do the podcast. Oh, I like it. There we go. Yeah, that's an incentive for him. If he can beat me in that league. <laughs> Goodness. Yep. Our last question here comes from Derek. He wants to know, in general, what players have moved up or down a tier or two based on how they've started the season? Oh, boy. I should have looked that up. Up around or two. <laughs> or who's moving down a tier or two? Well, we just did rankings. That is going to tell you literally the answer. Yeah, I mean, right? look at our rankings. Tiers. <laughs> tiers are important. Um. Well, I mean, a lot of the names that we discussed, I mean, John Means, obviously, I wasn't even thinking. About Rodon. Him, yeah, Rodon, Rodon for sure. And not because of no hitters. It's because they're pitching well other than the no hitters. Right. I'll tell you, I I, I love this kind of Falefa guy. I thought he would steal bases. He is. I. He's a top 150 player. Multi-eligibility, good batting average, volume. He's going to score yeah. 80 runs. I like him. I moved him up every day. Just plays absolutely every day in the leadoff spot. That's their their worst things to be. Well, that. he batted six or seven a couple times this past week for some right. reason and against a right-hander, I guess. But um, he's good. You know, I mean, obviously Jared Walsh, who I heart, I keep talking about him, but he's legit. He's a two seventy three or thirty homer guy. He is. He's legit. He's- Most RBI in baseball since since he got his first RBI last season because they didn't play him for the first yeah. month because of the pool holes guy. Since September 4th, he has the most RBI in baseball, more than one per game. And by the way, that the the, the Bulls' decision is just a simple fact. It does help him because that was one of the tiny questions surrounding him entering the season. You know who's going to hit that nobody's talking about? Taylor Ward is going to hit. Taylor I, Ward yeah, I look, is going to hit. I was looking at him as a pickup in my AL only league today. I was thinking the same thing. He, yeah. and, he, he and Walsh went nuts for the Salt Lake Bees in 2019. Mm-hmm. And – I had Walsh on my, you know, I had Walsh on my radar because it was a big power guy. Yeah. And I love these, these older first basemen in the minors with power. But he Taylor the, Ward is a former catcher. Yeah. He had a great year at AAA. And yes, obviously elevation and all that, but he can hit. And then he went, uh, him every catcher. Day. He went, this guy went catcher to catcher third, third for them when he debuted yes. and then first and now right field. I'm, I don't think Taylor Ward's going to be as good as Walsh or Dolores Garcia, but he's going to hit. And, mm-hmm. gonna, and that's part of the reason why. The dumping pools and look, sunk costs. Okay, dump them. Mm-hmm. 
But Taylor will hit. Mm-hmm. He's going to hit. Anyway. Anyway. What, what was the question? <laughs> oh, who moved up a tier or two in the rankings? Yeah, I mean, we've named a bunch of guys. I mean, yeah. if you look at our rankings, I mean, it, there's obviously some players that we didn't have. You know, Dylan Cease, I think, Victor, is legit. Victor Robles. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should talk about fallers, too. Victor Robles can't hit. He yeah, can't hit. They bat him ninth yeah. behind the pitcher, and not just because it's an L. They would bat him ninth in the AL. He can't hit. Mm-hmm. I know. I, got, I, I got suckered in. Look, I, I'm going to admit it. I got suckered in. And and it was based on that he had a committed change to his game, and he looks like the same guy when you watch him play. He looks like a terrible hitter. and I, He looked very good during spring training. So, yeah, I, I just I got suckered into thinking he could well, give you the steals again. Um, I guess so. All right. Uh, let me look at you and you, at your rankings here for players that I dropped. Because, <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, well, I'm trying to think of players who I like Robles. We had higher now. We don't at all. Right. Um, Corbin. Yeah, he's a mess. Oh, Kesson Hur is like the poster boy for this. Right. I mean, Kesson Hur yeah. is in the minors. That's we had him thing. ranked number 50. Yeah, Kesson but Hur is terrible right now. Yeah, but that's that's an easy direction for us to go. I mean, like, where did you put where are you putting here, by the way? He's got to be outside your top 200. Yeah, I believe but Daniel so. Vogelbach is literally playing over Kesson Yura. And I Daniel know. Vogelbach is Daniel Vogelbach. Like, think about how messed up that is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, so so Yura has to be the poster boy for dropping a guy several tiers. I mean, obviously, um, Dylan Moore can't hit either. He's mm-hmm. he's dropped way down. Um, anyone else that jumps to mind to you? I mean, Senzel, I'm kind of giving up on Senzel, aren't you? Actually, I'm interested in Sinzel playing a little second base, but I I can't build the case. In, but in general, he's, earn like, my trust he's back. not going to be who we or everybody thought he was going to be. Oh, uh, Cronenworth. Cronen, in terms of the positive games, uh, Cronenworth moved up a little bit for me. Okay. I can see he went that. from the bottom tier to the middling tier. I'm kind of out on Andres Jimenez, and I was in, you know, like six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Kind of yep. out now. I don't know what to do with Ty France. He's in a bad slump. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Lazard, well, Lazardo's is injury driven. I would, but. I would stick with Lazardo. I think still, I still think something's there. <laughs> Gary Sanders, we mentioned on the show. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're playing, they're playing the other guy over him. What more do you need? Can't hit. All right, uh, that's it for hash browns. Let's answer the trivia and then get out of here. What was the question? There are 104 players with at least 10 extra base hits in the early going this season, but only one of them has more extra base hits than he has. Strikeouts, can you name that player? Huascar Yinoa. <laughs> Does not have 10 extra base hits. Or, uh, he probably has more extra base hits than strikeouts, I'd assume. It feels How like about it. La Tortuga? Williams Astadio. Oh, wow, yeah. No. Uh, no. I'm close. Yes, yeah, he doesn't strike out be. at all. Yeah. All right. Well, nobody, nobody makes contact, so I have no idea. I have no idea the answer to this question. It's I a, like it's that. It's a gettable Tortuga. question. It's a gettable yeah. question. Okay. I thought that not, not as the deal. Okay. Um, David Fletcher. Right? Fletcher's another good guess, but no. <laughs> not good enough. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, well, will it help cause... if I give you the extra base and strikeout count? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I won't give it. Was it two to one? No. <laughs> Fifteen extra base hits, fourteen strikeouts. Really? Um, Are any of them home runs? Three. I have no idea. How He's about got a birthday um, coming up? He will turn thirty-four years old. This Michael week. Brantley. Michael Brantley is correct. The birthday oh. gave it away, right? You knew his birthday. 
No, the age did. The age. And I was thinking of guys that don't strike out. Yeah. Uh, and hit a lot of doubles. He came to mind. Yeah. Michael Brantley. Good call. I didn't think you guys were ever going to get there. He turns 34 on Saturday. All right. There you go. Michael Brantley. How about that? Okay. Cool. Uh, good trivia question there, Kyle. All right, we're done for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Focus Baseball. Kyle Soppy does a great job. Tristan H. Cockroft as well. And from Michael Brantley, Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Thank you so much for listening and have an awesome week.